And hello, and welcome back to another episode of Observe and Report. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, sitting across from me, as usual, uh, your other host, Jack Smith. Hello. And it is summertime. Yeah, yeah. It is movie time. Indeed. And we've got some things to talk about. And so far as things you've seen, things you've asked each other to see, mm-hmm. if you didn't know, this is the show where we see things and we tell you about them. Uh, and challenge others, others to see things, and then we also get angry at them. <laughs> 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 and sometimes, and sometimes, not often, we are pleasantly surprised. Hey, <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> and I hope I try to give you that things. you're pleasantly surprised at what I ask you to watch. We'll find out. <laughs> I try to give you things that I think you generally will enjoy. Mm-hmm. You give me things that you know. I give you things that I have an appreciation for, and maybe you might as well. You know I don't. Sometimes I'm just throwing stones out there and seeing if they're skipping, you know? They're not. They're plunging into the depths of a dark lake. Just like Connor McCloud did when he had to, you know. No. We'll talk about it later. We'll get it. Alright, so I went to go see some things. I saw some things this uh, past few weeks since we've last seen each other. But I went to go see, uh, in theaters, uh, Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yes, I'm starting off with that. Alright, I saw a lot of weird things. I wish people could see the confidence when <laughs> you said that. And I should feel confident because it was a fine movie. All right? <laughs> and there were nothing but adults in my theater, and it was fine. Oh, boy. Actually, a lot of people on dates. Um, oh, in my <laughs> no, no, God, sorry. <laughs> they obviously had the same joy in their hearts for this thing as I did as a child, and they wanted to go see it as adults. And I have to say, it definitely does pay a lot of fun homage to, uh, you know, the original animated series and the original games. And for me, there were a lot of like moments of like, with, like the things the game, the, the show came alive. I was like, yes, that is so cool to see, like in a realistic setting. Um, the CG in this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way that the animals Pokemon are rendered is really cool. Yeah, if they had tried to make this movie five, ten years ago, it would not be great. I don't but think it would pull off. Time where, yeah, it could look great. It's co-produced um, by Toho Films, um, the same makers of Godzilla. So Toho, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Gross, but I'll accept it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, if you're gonna make a movie with monsters, go to the experts, I guess. Um, um, but it was really cool looking at many points. Um, there's a lot of big names in this that you wouldn't think necessarily, like Bill Nighy was in this movie. Ooh. Um, Ken I Wadam- feel like he does a lot of voiceover. He was not a voiceover, he was actually himself in this. This is... Oh, Bill. <laughs> okay. He did voiceover, yes, in the film, but like, he's primarily himself throughout most of the movie. Does he wear classy suits? Yes, he's wearing many classy suits. Yeah, he's a he does. Businessman. Of course, he is. In a wheelchair. Oh. Um, but he's trying. Still killing it though. He's trying to get over that. Um, through the course of this movie. Um, Love it. Rita Ora was in it. Um, Ooh. As a scientist. Uh, I cut you off. You said Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe was also in it. They just grabbed him from the Godzilla set. Pretty much. And just toss him in a golf cart and. Pull them over to Pokemon. Like, Ken, what are you doing? What? what? Uh, sh- sure, fine. <laughs> Put a bag over his head. No! <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they pretty much do him what they did in Inception. Just steal him and make me. Yeah. It's something he doesn't necessarily want to be. Absolutely. But he's actually a lot of fun. He plays a police chief um, that is trying to help out the uh, lead. That's cool. Played by Justice Smith, who's been in like a ton of things. Uh, I think most notably uh, Jurassic World 2. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, The Get Down, which is on Netflix. Um, R.I.P. The Get Down. But um, it actually tries to tell, like, I think a detective... Oh, yeah, Justice Smith, he's adorable. Yeah, I think they try to tell a, detec- a detective noir story for, for kids, like for all ages, kind of. Okay, so now I'm interested. Um, they they weirdly try to, like, rely on this one big twist to, like, you know, mm. make the movie. It doesn't really, but it also doesn't spoil the movie either. Okay. It doesn't hurt the movie by, like, the twist not really being fulfilling, I guess. Okay. Um, Ryan Reynolds does a great job um, as the voice of Detective Pikachu. Um, I think that's what kind of, I mean, aside from the fact that I'm not super interested mm-hmm. in Pokemon, I think I just didn't hit it at the right time in terms of childhood, because mm-hmm. I love a weird little monster, but um, I was put off by the fact that they chose him, um, just because I don't want to be picturing the person while I'm hearing the voice. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred of someone who I didn't know. It's weird because it really could be any <laughs> to like play that that voice to be that character but they chose ryan reynolds for some reason i guess but i would say maybe they they had made a conscious decision in doing that because the movie is very fourth wall breaky at points oh, um but not like in a bad way it's okay. very self-referential to like other things in the pokemon franchise which has been around for 25 years at this point okay so it's like okay like it's self-referencing its own history which is like and ryan reynolds with deadpool movies does that a bunch so, so it's, it's just like, through reference, not necessarily like a deadpan at the camera. Oh, no, never oh, that. Oh, okay. Never I was like, oh, I can't with him anymore. Like, it'll specifically reference things, like, you know, to, like, I guess, get a rise out of fans. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. Like, remember this thing? It's like, oh, cool. I'm glad that's being acknowledged. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, or, like, acknowledging, like, some absurdities about, like, the world of Pokemon. Mm. Where it's like, okay, that, that makes some sense. Um, but I gotta say, I really enjoy the credit secret sequence at the end of the, of the film. Oh, nice. Um, it's done in the original art style of, like, the games, which was, like... Oh, as that's a, so cool. As a fan of the series, it's like, oh, that's really cool to see, like, the actors rendered yeah. in this style. Oh, it's very, like, very cool. That's real fun to see. Like, that feels really cool. Nice. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, my theater wasn't packed, but it was... The people that were there were... Everyone was in a couple, except for me. Oh. <laughs> so it's a weird date movie, I guess. If you're trying to, like, you know, go with your blue thing to see <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... I, I came out of it with pretty much the expressions of what... The expectations I went going into it. Okay. Feeling like, no, this is going to be good. I came out... Just like fun. Yep, came out of feeling, you know what? That was good. I had fun. What was your favorite Pokemon? Oh, Not course. just in the movie, but overall. Oh, Bulbasaur. Number one. Number zero, zero, one. Bulbasaur. That's my guy right there. All right. He's a little dinosaur with a plant on his back, and it's fantastic. Oh, okay. He's a grass type. He has because you're a very peaceful, nice person. So <laughs> I feel like you would, if you were a dinosaur, you'd be an herbivore. It just felt like, it, as a kid, everyone shows like Squirtle or Charmander as of like course a starter he's Pokemon. Charmander, he's amazing. It's like the he's a dinosaur dragon, like thing. fire dragon, cool, yeah. whatever. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> I love me a dragon. <laughs> Let's not go there. I, you know, I'm not disparaging dragons out there, but I just felt like I had to make an alternative choice. Okay. Because he, it's he's this little guy spoke to me, and he's still my favorite to this day. What does he look like when he gets bigger? Um, the plant on his back starts as like a little garlic bulb almost, yeah. and then it opens up like a flower. 
So as he gets older, um, you know, becomes a bigger plant. You're such a peaceful person, <laughs> Jason. God bless you. Um, and yeah, it's cool. I don't know. I just always liked it. I'm glad you're in my life because I'm very much like, burn it to the ground. <laughs> I need a Bulbasaur <laughs> to calm this Charmander that's in me. Well, yeah, right. that, that has how I felt about that movie. Did you play it a lot when you were a kid? Oh, I definitely played it a whole bunch as a kid. Um, played it a whole bunch as a kid. I did not catch them all as they instructed me to. On system, Game Boy? On Game Boy, of course. Um, Pokemon Red. They came in two versions, Red and Blue. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Red was the most popular one at the time, I guess. It just had the Pokemon that I liked in it. Um, oh, they had different ones? Yeah, so the whole oh. point of it was like, hey, red has a certain kind of Pokemon, blue has a certain kind of Pokemon, you kids get together and trade them now, you see? Oh. And create communication. Or your parents were rich and you had two Game Boys oh. and two versions of the game, oh. so you didn't have to have friends. Oh, Jesus. I only had one version of the game, yeah, and a like very old Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like, I, I played it a bunch as a kid, they had the sequel, Gold and Silver, played that. Oh. Took about, hmm, 15 years off from the series, and I went back to it in my mid-20s. In the form of what? Uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. They did a re-release of those games oh. um, for the Nintendo DS. Oh, okay. And it was a lot of fun. Nintendo 3DS, excuse me. It was a lot of fun. Cool. I never get to talk about video games on this show. This is fun. I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> what but what have you seen? Um, okay, so, um, I watched a show, a British show, that you can tell me what it's about. Oh, I can't wait. It's called Gentleman Jack. Gentleman Jack. So you see, Jack Gallagher, <laughs> British hero, comes to America for the first time in the 1920s to become what else but a professional wrestler. He's tried his best oh, at bare knuckle boxing in the British Isles, however, mm. he's come here to prove his worth. But he finds out it's all a gas. It's all fakes. He has to learn the ropes of how to be a professional wrestler in America in the 1920s. How close am I? Were there professional wrestlers in the 1920s? Absolutely. It's one of the, it's an really? ori- yeah. Uh, professional wrestling is an original American art form. Oh. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'm learning things. Um. So it's about a lesbian in England in the 1830s. Oh wait, I know this show. Why am I acting like I don't? Go on. <laughs> I've seen many previews and I don't want to watch it. Oh, okay. Um, I enjoy it. Um, it's about a woman who uh, was real. Her name was Ann Lister. Um, oh, I put this microphone up high to try to make myself have good posture, and now I'm really regretting it. <laughs> Having good posture is tiring. <laughs> oh. um, now I have to read this thing like an old man. Okay. <laughs> As you adjust your glasses. As I adjust my glasses and hold the book out farther from the face. <laughs> um, she... Um, so she's in Halifax, England. She owns her own estate because it was left to her by her uncle. Mm-hmm. She lives with her aunt, her sister, and her dad. Um, she's super smart. Uh, the woman who plays her, I think, is great. Um, and I love her outfits because they're purposely... She wears all black. Badass. Mm-hmm. Love it. Almost kind of Matrix style. <laughs> <laughs> I... And that it's fitted on top but then a skirt at the bottom. Of course. Nice and flowy. She's basically Neo of the 1830s. Now I want to see a steampunk matrix, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and she's not perfect. She can be manipulative, um, and she can kind of be a dick sometimes, mm-hmm. but you're very much rooting for her. Um, I also like 
the rest of the cast a lot. Um, one of the people, the woman who plays her sister is um, Yara Greyjoy from Game of Thrones. I saw her in previews. Yeah, it's so weird to see her like in a dress and like being I very feminine. I can't feminine. picture it really. I know. Um, so it's a bit, it's based about around her relationship with a woman also named Anne, uh, Anne Walker, who's a bit younger, um, and them and their relationship. And then there's also a business side of it where she owns these coal mines. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some other coal mine owners, business guys, um, who she's kind of going head to head against. Mm -hmm. um, but, oh yeah, as I said, the rest of the cast is great. There's some other random little storylines in there that I would love to know more about. Um, and, um, yeah, there's some weird stuff in it. I don't want to spoil anything for you if you're interested in watching it. Um, the one thing that I didn't like is um, she breaks the fourth wall. Oh, really? But it's not consistent, and it's only done rarely, but it doesn't really add anything to it. Mm -hmm. It's usually just her, um, when she like makes a fun, sassy point, she just kind of looks at the camera and gives a little smirk. She does like an office stare at the camera? Uh... A smirk. Not okay. A, not like a, like, oh my god, can you believe this happening? Mm -hmm. But a more of a, like, did you just see what I did and how awesome I am? Huh. And it's Sounds very House of Cards-y. It's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. um, and they do it a little bit more toward the beginning, then they stop to the point that I forgot about it until she again looks at the camera in an episode. I'm like, oh! Stop! Wait a minute! again! What the frick? Um, so that's a little weird. Um, and something that... Ann Walker goes through, I have to read up about what it actually was, but um, she goes through a thing that they don't really get into and it's kind of left there. Um, but also, it's hard to know what really happened because the way women were treated back then was just like, oh, she's hysterical, just because mm -hmm. like she had her own thought and maybe had a cry. Like, we're not going to deal with this, we're just going to put a word on it and walk away from yeah. it. Hysteria. Yeah, so her lover, Anne Walker, kind of goes through a thing. Um, but that's quite serious, but um, they don't t touch on it quite as much as I thought. Mm -hmm. They kind of should. Um, but overall, I like it. It's pretty, I think it's pretty well paced. Especially because, like, she is fast. Like, she was talking about her character in an interview I was watching and how, like, her character purposely, like, walks really fast. And that's unlike women back then who walked very slowly and they had all these, you know, big-ass dresses and corsets and mm -hmm. stuff. So they literally couldn't move that quickly. But because she dresses differently and carries herself differently, she, like, walks fast and is very, like, when she walks into a room, you notice um, and she was a very charismatic person who had knew a lot of people, so it's really interesting. I really like it. Like, some questions now. So, Let's do this. What's my favorite Pokemon? <laughs> What's your favorite Anne <laughs> of the two Anne? The one that cries less. Okay. At one point, like, there's a lot of crying, and I was just like, I can't do this. Was everyone just like having like a just a good cry, like to just? No, it was just it's you. Don't get me wrong. The crying is 100% justified. Okay. I'm just a Charmander, and I can't deal with it well. <laughs> you just gotta burn it down. And I get annoyed. You just gotta let that sun hit you, all right? Bulbasaur, the little flower would open, it. a vine would come out, and it like put its arm mm -hmm. around her, That's and I'd just be like, no! 
and I would be like Drogon and just burn random furniture down because I'm so frustrated. Um, so, yeah, sorry, your questions. Oh, um, what is the end, the, the main end? What is her, I guess, goal? Like, is to just move through society as, as she pleases? or So, it starts out with her, this is a spoiling thing, um, she kind of had her heart broken by a woman, and so oh. she travels a lot, um, and because she wants to see the world. Okay. Most women are stuck at home like in knitting and drawing and she wants to see the world and experience things. Mm-hmm. So she comes home to kind of lick her wounds. Then she meets this Anne Walker. Um, her, she doesn't really have goals. She wants to kind of find someone and then travel the world with them pretty much. Oh, okay. And she runs her estate and um, yeah, kind of like any like me now just like oh i just want to meet someone and travel the world. <laughs> but a, she was doing it at a much more difficult time for women to do that it's a persistent goal across yeah. time um and it was so unusual back then for a woman to like be traveling on her own and stuff it's mm-hmm. amazing that she was doing all of these things i find it interesting that regardless of gender like just running an estate was a job at one oh, point yeah. in time like, like just one of her guys it was his job to just collect the rent <laughs> and then he gets hurt so she has to go and collect the rent and people are like what mm. you're out here like yeah bitches I'm out here getting my money I can count and she literally has a box that she puts the money <laughs> in I'm just like this is amazing um, but yeah she runs her whole estate which is also crazy it's cool it's interesting to kind of get a peek I think they do try to be pretty realistic about stuff so it's interesting to get a glimpse into that world but she's her style of dress, like you said, like, mm-hmm. you know, very tight on top, but very like, flowy on the bottom. Mm-hmm. She's wearing, like, uh, what would be considered at the time men's clothes. Um, right? Or no? Not quite men's, not quite women's. I think it was pretty unique. Her own style. I think so. Okay. Um, it's unique that she's wearing black, because obviously you usually wear that back then. You wore that during mourning period. Mm-hmm. Um, well, her heart's broken, so... They address it, <laughs> um, and but she always just wears black, mm-hmm. and so and it doesn't. It's not her top is not so far from what women wore back then, but just the details and the black and everything. Usually, a lot of their outfits are really colorful and really patterned. Mm-hmm. Hers just look badass. Okay. Um, and her skirt is not big. It's um, and like you know, sometimes they're really puffy. Yeah, like it's not puffy. It's pretty functional. A like, line, yeah. Um, and she wears a top hat and carries a cane. Okay, like bro, and it's awesome. She <laughs> looks great in that top hat. Like I, I remember, in, like the images and like you know um, videos and stuff like that of like her wearing the top hat. But mm-hmm. I just assumed that she was wearing like you know look. She, I assumed that she looked like the the Johnny Walker mascot. <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's cool. She's a lady. Hey, this is yeah. the story about Jack Daniels. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she just has a top hat and carries a cane. And it was what, you know, fancy guys did back then. And mm-hmm. she was like, fuck it. And she looks great. And it makes me want to wear a top hat. <laughs> if that was what they were going for, if that was their goal, if it's accomplished. nothing else happened from this series, top hat sales are going up. Skyrocketing. All right? It's not just winning season. now, I'm telling you. <laughs> Go to your haberdasher, all right? <laughs> and put 50 down on big hats, all right? I'm in the pocket of big leave hats. The, I'll say it right leave now. Leave the candlestick maker. <laughs> Get out of there. Ditch your cobbler, yeah. all right? We got hats to buy. All right? Churn your own butter. Stop paying something <laughs> for you. Okay, we're trying to save you money in Let the 1800s. Let those horses shoe themselves. <laughs> Hats. 
Um, yeah, it's great. And I, uh, there's also like a side story about some of her tenants getting married and like there's a crime and there's so much happening. Okay. It's great. I really like the business part of it too, about like, <laughs> learning about coal mines and how they're difficult. It was the big business at the time. <laughs> and oh people God. were dying left and right. And you know, they show at one point she goes down into them and it's like child labor. So oh. it's so weird. You actually see what it, you know, kind of what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Because you hear about it, but it's hard to picture, kind of. Like, you can read a Charles Dickens book, but until but someone shows it to you. Until mean. you see, like, an eight-year-old child covered in coal dust, like, right. all hunched over, like, oh my god. Those books are about the ones that made it out. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the millions that died yeah. of black lung. And so they don't try to sugarcoat it um, and, like, make her a saint. Like, yeah, she has coal mines that has... That have tidy children working around. <laughs> yup. And she. It's what like, everyone did at the yeah. time. Shut up. She was just like, "How old are the kids?" And then he tells her, and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> and they just continue on. Like nine. Okay. Cool. Bye. <laughs> well, at least it's not eight. <laughs> um. So yeah, Gentleman Jack. Uh, it's on, uh, Amazon, and there's a very also the, theme song at the end is very catchy. And I enjoy it very much. I'll stay for the credits. Just to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Gentleman Jack, check it out. Okay. Um, one thing that I watch, I guess this is going to be totally off for everything else, because it's a bunch of nerd shit, people. Get ready. Oh, okay. um, but this one was a bit more grounded. Um, I watched Vice, um, which is on Hulu right now. Um, Vice, the movie about Dick Cheney. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah, directed by that. Adam McKay uh, and produced by the now sadly defunct Gary Sanchez Productions. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, McKay and Farrell are just splitting it up. Oh. Um, but it's fascinating and as grand. Okay. Sorry, yes. Oh, no, I was going to say it's as fascinating, as grand, as, and as big as something like, you know, The Big Short. Um, and Adam McKay's directorial style and writing style and the way that they present the movie. I would find it, if you've never seen a movie before and you watch this, no other movie would make sense to you. Like, just the way that things are shot and the, the fact that they're willing to break the fourth wall and talk directly to the audience. Or, we're just going to end the movie like 45 minutes in. That's not really ending. Like, they roll credits for like a solid minute. And yeah, I had then, it spoiled for me oh. by an interview with Adam McKay. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh man. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I found it very interesting and just like the relationships in there absolutely and people who keep popping up because it spans quite a long uh, amount of time from the 50s into like the 2000s insane like it's It's such an incestuous pool of people absolutely (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) like you don't realize how long he's actually been in the system yes um and the amount of mess ups that he's made and still has had second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. Mm-hmm. Like, the excessive wielding of power that he had at the time. It's kind of crazy. Like, and... And... It's interesting that the, the dudes that wrote the... Uh, <laughs> cowbell sketch <laughs> on SNL are the people to, like, write this really scathing political satire. <laughs> um... And that they're they're kind of the only ones that do it. Like that's their like wheelhouse. Like you know, on big business, on politics, and like speaking truth to power. And 
not that the, not that they're the only ones doing it, but they're doing it in like big ways that get that get a lot of attention and have like a lot of eyes on them, mm. and they're good, great quality. So it just it was very interesting to see, and it just it was kind of mind blowing at parts. It's just like oh. So that's how that connection was made, yeah. and that's how that leads into that. Amazing Giles by, like, Christian Bale, who's, who, again, transforms into, like, another human being. Yeah. But not just him. Like, Amy Adams, too. Like, who, not, you just don't even realize, wait, it took me, like, 15 minutes to realize, wait a minute, you're Amy Adams. <laughs> oh, I can never forget that it's Amy Adams. <laughs> um, and, like. I like that her character, and hopefully this was, I don't know, hopefully, I don't know, if it was how if they portrayed it how it was in real life, but she was like, listen, you get your shit together. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, girl. I know that he ends up being a horrible person, but like, yeah. <laughs> Keep him in mind. I, I did like how ambitious she was. Again, right. for better or for worse, for a woman to be that ambitious and to kind of see how things could go um, at a time in their lives when it seemed impossible and was amazing and the fact that they were really a team again for better or for worse like what he was able to do was incredibly impressive and the fact that she had she was very conscious of her position in the world mm-hmm. and what she wanted yeah in the sense of like well i can't go to yale yeah. and i can't be a mayor and i can't be the head of a corporation mm-hmm. but you can so you get your shit together oh, so great. and like have me have me drive this car she like smack him I, I forget if she smacks him. I think she <laughs> might, just at the beginning. Uh-huh. Oh, I that smack was for all women. <laughs> and I loved it. Like, yes! <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's... And it's it's insane how much of them, of that family, is not known. And, mm-hmm. like, had to be, like, dug up and found out and figured out and pieced together because of just, like, oh, no... We it, we will lose too much power by revealing too much of ourselves. Yeah. It's so weird and interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Vice. Um, that was my detour from all the nerd shit I'm going to talk about later. On. It was definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I watched Fleabag. I've been hearing nothing but good things about Fleabag, and I don't know much about what it's about. That is going to be your assignment. Okay. It's so fucking good, Jason. Mm. It's so good. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote it and stars in it. It was started out as a play in uh, England, or in London, and um, then they made it into a show, and then she did the play here also in New York. Um, But this is a show in which they do use the fourth wall really well, and really it's really funny, and the timing is perfect. Whoever edits this does an amazing job, too. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just so well written and such a, um, relatable female character. Um, it's just about her and her family. Um, Olivia Coleman plays her stepmother. Okay. And it's fun to see Olivia Coleman, uh, just be a bitch. <laughs> she seems so nice. She's a lovely human being. And so to see her just be like a really passive aggressive. Like undermining. Yeah is amazing because for that's the performance where i forgot that i was watching olivia coleman i was like oh oh wait a minute <laughs> olivia what <laughs> um and then the woman who plays her um fleabag sister is great a lot of them don't have names you never know fleabag's actual name they just call her fleabag they never say her name oh, okay it's just it, in the um 
like if you were have the subtitles on or anything, just this flea bag and her character on IMDb just this flea bag. Interesting. Um so it's just her uh relationships with people and just her getting through her life and she kind of has a weird relationship with her family mm-hmm. um and her dating life and stuff but not in there are no stereotypes in it it's all just very original characters you absolutely excuse me get a good feel for and are well developed and it's so funny um and then the second season um it has andrew scott who played moriarty in sherlock oh okay um, he plays the most lovely priest on the planet. <laughs> okay. Also known as Hot Priest. Interesting. Okay. I, I... You'll understand it when you get to it. <laughs> right. um, it's just incredibly well written and really funny, but also made me cry a lot. Um, just just silent tears streaming <laughs> down your face. Not that that's difficult, but it really, like, it gets you. Mm-hmm. I think more, especially as a woman, or anyone who's just, um, has had, like, shitty, like, little relationships and stuff, which is everybody. But, um, it's great. It's just, um, very relatable, but funny and poignant. Um, and that is going to be your assignment, because I think you will like it. Okay. Um, Fee Wallbridge, I didn't know her prior to um, Solo, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. where she played uh, the android whose name I forget at this point. Oh, um, like some letters and numbers? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Standard Star Wars Beat, fan. boops, and bops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Beat, boop, nine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, I felt like I knew every character in that film prior to them being in that movie, except for her. Yeah. And it feels like her ascendance has come after that film through her own work, mm-hmm. not based on like anything anything else or anyone else's accolades, just like her. Yeah. And she was a great part of that movie, mm-hmm. and like I just didn't know where she came from or where she went to until like Fleabag came out, and everyone was like, Fleabag! I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> cool! I'd, I'd like to see it, but like I just didn't... I, is it on Amazon? Like, what is its platform? Um, great question. Uh, yes, I believe it's Amazon. Okay, I'm sure it's a BBC show. Uh, I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> it's Sorry. it is British made. However, it is, yes, that is its origin. Yes. Okay. Um, and she also uh, did the first season of Killing Eve. She wrote. Oh really? Yeah. Wallbridge burning down things all left and right. Mm-hmm. Except for bridges. She's making <laughs> tracks left and right. She's building bridges. It's a different opportunity for herself. Um, and then, I don't... I think she did not write the second season, and it shows, because it goes off the rails. She was busy writing Killing Eve, probably. <laughs> or Fleabag. Oh, Fleabag. Oh, sorry, Killing Eve. She didn't write the second season of Killing Eve. She did Eve. not write the second season of Killing Eve. Oh, okay. Because she was probably too busy, yeah, dealing with Fleabag stuff. Okay. But Fleabag is just... It's just two seasons. They're not going to do any more. It's just... It's perfect. It's a perfect little... <laughs> so Delight. very British, just like her name, like Waller Bridge. I know it's a hyphenated name, but it just feels like, what does your family do, Wallace? What does your family do, build bridges? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to England. <laughs> um, yeah, so I highly recommend it to absolutely everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. that is something that I will check out because it is my assignment. But also, yes, I'd like to see it. Um, one thing that I've brought into my life now um 
is DC Universe, um, oh. which is a, another streaming service that's out there in the sea of streaming services. Um, but it is Warner Brothers, of course, this is Terry Warner Brothers being DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is their specific streaming service. So if you wanted to go and see uh, the Doom Patrol series that's out or the Titan series. Oh, wait, do you have a subscription to this? Yes, I do. Ooh. It's a thing that can definitely be shared with you, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to see the Doom Patrol thing. It's that I will talk about that right oh, now. Oh, cool! It looks good. Um, I'm excited for it, but I was like, oh, I won't be able to see it. <laughs> now I can. It is very interesting. Um, lots of uh, lots of buzz around the series mm-hmm. right now. Um, Doom Patrol starring Brendan Fraser. Uh, yes. That's a name you haven't heard starring no. the thing in a long while. Um, who's really good in it? Um, Timothy Dalton um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Doom Doom Patrol being a series. Uh, based around a group of misfit heroes. Love it. Um, it feels very similar uh, to Umbrella Academy. Okay. In, it kind of gave me those vibes a little bit. In its setting and its uh, its look and its presentation, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a school of parallel thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that the original writer of um, the original writer of Umbrella Academy uh, also recently became a writer on the comic book series of uh, Doom Patrol. So it's definitely like you know. Similar mindsets at work gotcha. for it. Cool. Um, but that being said, Doom Patrol is actually like a precursor and inspiration for the X Men series. Like it oh. beat it to market by like three months, and is a series of weird heroes banded together under okay. the guidance of a guy in a wheelchair. So oh. X Men is some okay. people say like it's a little bit of a rip off, but not really a rip off. It's just kind of parallel thought and some yeah. okay. similar themes. But that being said, the series is fun and weird and graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are boobs in it. Like, what? In a DC thing? That's oh, a surprise. Oh, um, nice. Didn't expect that. Um, Brandon Frazier is really good. Um, he plays a race car driver that dies in an accident and mm-hmm. becomes a mind trapped in a robot body. Cool. <laughs> um, I like this. There's a, a pilot um, that became negative energy from the result of a plane accident. Uh, it's called the Negative Man. Oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm just a ball of negative energy. Um, just zip-zapping around town. <laughs> Alright, cool. There is a, uh, an, an actress from the 1940s that like was exposed to like a gas that like deformed her. Oh, no. And she only can remain like in her normal look by extreme concentration and practice. Oh, God. Um, and there's a, a, a woman with like 82 personalities called Crazy Jane. <laughs> um, but it's and again a fourth wall breaky things. Um, the main villain is Alan Tudyk. <gasps> love it. <laughs> who is a perfect choice for an antagonist? Who he's is so great in everything. He's great. He's like so hammy and like you know very much like you're almost rooting for the bad guy at points. Because you can always tell in everything that he's in that he's really enjoying himself. Yeah. And he really likes whatever it is that he's doing. And I feel like that whenever an audience can feel that energy, it makes all the difference in the world. Like with Stupid Aquaman. It's a ridiculous film. Is he in that? No, but Jason Momoa, you can tell, is <laughs> love and life. And so I've enjoyed it. There is definitely something to be said about, like, you know, work or products that are, like, not of the best quality, but the charisma of the people behind it, like, bring it to a level that's, like, enjoyable. Yeah, it transcends the screen and the audience feels it. It's, it's like, great. they believe it, they're into it, they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It buy transitive properties becomes fun to watch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like you can see they're having a good time, so yeah, I guess I'll have a good time. Totally. Um, but 
Yeah, uh, Doom Patrol, very high production values. Um, I'm only like two episodes in, but okay. I'm excited to watch more of it. It's weird in like a good way. It sounds like it. It's and um, and so far as like other DC Universe things, like if you were ever a fan of like Batman the animated series, that's the only place you can find it streaming. Oh, okay. They took it off of every other streaming service. Oh wow! Um, and that's a very seminal show, important show for people that like love animation. Um, if if you're looking for that new Swamp Thing show, it's there. Um, the what? Swamp Thing. Oh. Um, it was cancelled two weeks after it premiered. Oh. And I don't know why. It's very weird. Is it a cartoon? And no, it's a live action show. And what? they put a lot of energy behind like advertising for it. Like, When did this come out? This is like two, a month and a half ago. At this oh. point, it's been out. But they're not making a second season of it for some oh. reason, and I don't know why. I'd, I'd like to look more into that. Is there a person dressed up like a swamp? Thing? Yeah, it's a yes. guy that is a swamp thing. That is also me. Um, at certain point. <laughs> I get this. <laughs> Only on weekends. It's so true. It's painful, Jason. Good God. Let's not get into it. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I'm I'm currently exploring the streaming service. I will give you you know the password, all this Please and all that. Do. Um, and I will report more on like what's there and what's available. It's interesting. It's it's different than other streaming services I've experienced in the past. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I watched a random thing that I think you'll. I, you have to have seen the movie Equilibrium. Uh, yeah, I got real opinions on Equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, but go on. Oh. Let me t- tell you, tell me how you feel. I'll tell you how I feel about it. Oh, that no, movie. no, I'm scared. I'm not mad at it at all, but I have feelings of how I felt when I was 15 about that movie, so go on. I randomly, I usually don't watch movies during the weekdays. Okay. I usually have to get more invested. Understandable. It requires you to get more invested, aside, you know, instead of like a 30 minute whatever. You get out of work, you don't want to put your mind into no. a movie to watch it, so you just want to fade away into a light show. Totally. But when Amazon shows you a movie that has Christian Bale and Tate Diggs on the cover, I was like, on the cover. I almost texted you, was like, Jason, <laughs> they're, what? They were in a movie together? And out of a response of like a five part text <laughs> <laughs> of my so emotions. I was just, I will pretty much watch anything with Christian Bale just because he's very compelling to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that he commits 100%. Absolutely. In for a penny, in for a pound. With comedy and with stuff like that, like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's always the best. Um, so, him and Tay Diggs, I had to investigate this. Of course. And I ended up staying up till like midnight watching this fucking movie. <laughs> I couldn't compel myself to pause it uh-huh. and just finish it another day. Um, it was amazing. Um, it has Sean Bean, who of course has to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Watson and William Fichtner, who that you he's that him, guy. You've seen him in everything in the nineties and early two thousands. He was in Prison Break. He was in Heat. He was in Dark Knight Returns. Um, oh, sorry, Dark Knight Rises. He was in... He's on Mom now on CBS. Yes. Oh, he's he, better than that. He plays, uh, what's oh. her name? Um, Anna. Not Anna Faris. The other early... Yes, I want to say Jane Lynch. It's not Jane Lynch. No. Uh, she it's won, another tall She won an Oscar. Comedian. She's uh, really good. But he plays her love interest. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, it's a combo of The Matrix in 1984. Mm-hmm. And also I wrote down The Hunger Games. I can't remember what reminded me of The Hunger Games with it. The future. Oh, because it's in like, kind of like district-y type things. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's just a crazy combo of those things. The outfits are hilarious. Um, it's very matrixy, like the tunic kind of flowy bottoms. Yes, like the kind of Asian-y, like top parts. Like a cassock. That, yes, because well, he's called the cleric. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> the plot being that in the future, um, because World War Three has broken out, mm -hmm. humanity decides that the reason we're getting into this shit is because we're feeling too many feelings. No emotions. So now we're taking these little liquid things, vile things, mm -hmm. we're injecting them into ourselves so we don't feel anything anymore. No fun pills. No. And so Christian Bale plays uh, essentially like a police type of guy. They call themselves clerics. And so he's thought police. He's... He is police. <laughs> and he tracks people down and if you're caught feeling feelings... Oi, were you feeling things? <laughs> were you feeling emotions? No. You turn these lights on? You turn these lights on? <laughs> As he breaks every light in your house. Um, so, he senses when people are feeling things. Also, just by like looking at a person's fucking face, you can tell that they're feeling a thing. But, okay, you're special. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. So, he's the worst. <laughs> he's a little feelings Nazi, and it's uh. awful. Um... Does he kill like twelve guys to save a puppy? Yeah, he fucking does. <laughs> He's John Wick before John Wick. It's yes, that's what Megan said. It is the most justifiable reason for murder I've ever seen. <laughs> because this puppy, it's so perfect because he holds it up and then there's a little pause and it just licks his little face and it's just the cutest thing. You just see him fall in love and it's just like, what the fuck am I gonna do? It's a fucking puppy. <laughs> I wish to God he said that. <laughs> He just mumbles it under his breath. Fuck. It's fucking poor. And it's such a fluffy little like Bernie's mountain dog. And, mm. oh. and <laughs> he tries to hide it in his trunk like a child. <laughs> What's in your trunk? Nothing. Well, so it is then. <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, it's really cheesy. Um, I There's... Um, Gun dancing, fighting. Excuse me, gun kata. I believe is the appropriate name. Of it. <laughs> that's the name that they use. That's the name that it is. Gun kata. It is incredible. Also, there's a weapon in there that reminds me of Star Wars. In that, um, you know how in the Force Awakens, mm -hmm. when um, they had gone to Maz Kanata, mm -hmm. they're at her place, but then they're getting attacked. And so Finn picks up a gun and it like spins around. Mm -hmm. um, they have their guns, they like spin them around. And I was like, oh, <laughs> spinny guns. <laughs> and I got excited. I don't know. Well, I make connections, like very vague connections. <laughs> I get very excited for myself. When you need your bullets to go a little bit faster, get a spinny gun. <laughs> get a spinny gun. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. But again, because Christian Bale commits so hard and he's a great actor, I still enjoy it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Let me tell you how I felt about this movie. <laughs> it doesn't look positive. Well, here's the thing, because I didn't see the movie when it first came out. It came out like 2003 or something like that. 2002. 2002. Yeah, because I want to see, The Matrix did come first. Like, The Matrix came out in 99, The Matrix sequels came out like, late, in 2003. Mm -hmm. So this came out between The Matrix sequels and The First Matrix. And 
I had friends, I saw this movie, like, they were older kids mm-hmm. in, in high school, like, cool kids, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is a Matrix kill. This is so much better than The Matrix. Oh, and it's not. I understand that sat with me for, like, six years, so I never saw the movie until, like, I was in college. Oh, no. And then there's there thinking, like, man, this Equilibrium movie, I can never get my hands in it, it's so cool. Ah, no. And then I finally <laughs> see it on, like, a, a Tuesday morning, like, in, on summer break or something like that, in college. I'm like, really? I waited half a decade? <laughs> For this? For spinny guns? <laughs> like, and I will wince every time I hear the words Gunkata, because it's a dumb name for a cool thing. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, it's not a bad movie, but when you put those, those two words together, Matrix Killer, in 2002, and you say that to a 15 year old boy, <laughs> you're just gonna have just wet dreams about <laughs> Amazing science fiction for like six years, yeah, and then you no. deliver, and it's just like this. Especially because it's not science fiction; it's more dystopian. It absolutely is. It's very different from yeah. And like, don't get me wrong; there are themes that are very similar, yes. and like, it is very action oriented. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain level of like production quality that exists in the first Matrix movie that is not present in Equilibrium. And just Matrix, I feel like it's just a more novel, interesting, unique idea. Yes, and. And yeah, like, I just, and of course, you got Tate Diggs, you got Christian Bale, and like, it's just like, yeah, and then I saw this movie after Batman Begins came out, mm. so it's like, he was really on my radar at that oh, point. Oh, yeah. So it's just like, oh man, I can't, I can't believe I'm so lucky on this Tuesday morning to be up while Equilibrium is on FX. Oh my god, <laughs> what have I done right to be in this moment at this time? And then I see it, and it's just like, it wasn't it. It wasn't what it was promised to be. So, those are my opinions on the movie. It's just, it will never, I can never watch a movie and just feel great about it. Like, man, that was fun. It's, it will always be compared to The Matrix in my mind. And because it was given such a hard comparison, you got big shoes to fill, kid. I'm sorry. You would have been much better off seeing it as a 32-year-old woman on a Monday. I wish I was so that what I about, could. What if, you had, what if you watched it today? Like... Do you think you feel I would different? absolutely still feel very similar thing. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it was like, so built up in my head. Which is too bad because I feel like if it hadn't had that um, kind of bad association, I think you would enjoy it. Because it's like... Because it's so silly and it's so right up your alley. Because <laughs> it's like if you never had pizza and you had pizza and then someone's like, pizza's fucking whack. You know what's better than pizza? Tacos. And then you never had a taco. And you had was like, well, that's okay. It's all right. It's not fucking pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. I apologize in advance to Megan. I was gonna say if you've never had pizza, but then sometimes you try a calzone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I guess, I and mean, calzone's great, but it's just like, well, all right. That's it's like pizza, mm. but it has it's all the pieces, but just like in a very different configuration, and it's fine. But I tasted this first, so I like this thing that I tasted first better. I guess is how I put it. But anyway. Let me get off my pedestal, excuse me, <laughs> and put away this soap bus that the pedestal was on so that I can stop <laughs> ranting about equilibrium. I liked it. <laughs> I was just thoroughly entertained because I went into it not knowing you anything. You went into it fresh. Just so fresh and knowing just from like the thumbnail, like, oh, I can absolutely tell the quality that this is going to be. Absolutely. And it's the same... It's that type of, like, that early 2000s quality. Mm. And it just was like, yes. <laughs> yes. This is what I wanted. Uh, ah, 
Vintage <laughs> 2002. Let me blow the dust off of this. Mm, just how I left it. Um, yeah, it was it was great. Mm. It was so silly. Uh, spoiler: Tay Diggs gets his face sliced off very quickly. That was great. Because Diggs and Bale were boys; they were friends, and then they, they were. weren't though. Oh right, they were kind of rivals. Always, right? they were always like because I think Tay Diggs just always suspected him and stuff, and was kind of setting him up. So there was always kind of like you a smell like you have emotions, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, is if you like dumb like late nineties, early two thousands movies, like action movies, you'll love it. It's it is definitely up that alley. If you like a, if you like a good X versus Sever. If you like a, uh, Antonio Banderas versus Lucy Liu um, oh. as rival assassins, oh boy. Um, if you like things like that, if you, uh, God, the movie's very blue as well. Like it's just very tinted blue is what I remember a lot about oh, it. Oh, it definitely has a very specific color palette. Mm. Um, it's just fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's just Christian Bale just mowing people down left, right, and center. It's great. <laughs> and he looks great in it. He looks real good. <laughs> 2002 Prime Bale. Well, yeah, because it was... Uh, he was, like, fresh off of American Psycho, I guess, at that point? He, Which was, like, two was, years earlier? It was pre-Machinist. Um, so, yeah, he was... He was getting ready. He was priming himself. And <laughs> it shows... Um, anyway, so yeah, Equilibrium. It's dumb and I loved it. I'm <laughs> very sorry that you did not have the same experience. And that's not to say I hate it. I don't, actually. I think it's just fine. But I had high hopes. Yeah. Um, other things <laughs> that I've been watching. Um, oh, um, so I've continued to watch the show uh, Attack on Titan. Um, oh, okay. Of course, uh, for those that know, animated series about a group of individuals fighting against uh, a daunting threat of uh, essentially eight story tall zombies. Naked zombies. <laughs> Naked zombies, basically. Um, but just to talk very quickly about the quality of this season, it's great. Um, it's back. Um, it fell off there for a bit of time, but this season's so Even good. It fell off in terms of quality. Fell off in terms of quality, I thought, but really they were taking a lot of time to just tell a story. Hmm. And finally that they're back at like the points of action and developing more story, it's now giving context to two, two, a season and a half mm -hmm. worth of storytelling. It's like, okay. oh, this now makes the whole picture much richer. Cool. So they've, to not give any spoilers or anything like that for anyone that may listen, it is just all coming together in a very fun way. To the point where I have to go back and look at episodes to like, just see where things connected. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, so that info... Ooh, you guys are you guys are good. You guys are better than I thought you were. I'm sorry that I doubted you for a year and a half. Like it was a year and a half between seasons. Uh, no. Well, the the it was like four years between seasons at one point. What? They they took a lot of time off. Um, but when they came back, they came back with a half length season, basically like twelve episodes, as opposed to that's still traditional twenty four. Well, the traditional length is like twenty four to twenty six episodes. Half per hours? season uh, at half hours okay. um so to come just with 12 after four years of waiting just yeah. felt like really is that typical with anime they do 20 no. no 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 hold on let me finish they oh. do 24 episodes 
Oh uh, yes, yeah, a season. Wow. For for a season, but generally things only last like three seasons, or at in many instances like one season. That's still like you have okay. twenty six episodes, and that's it. Period. Walk away from gotcha. it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yes, they've this is their third season. They're about to wrap up, but it just feels like they've done a good job of telling a story and weaving a tale. Wrap up the series, or just it season? almost feels like they're about to wrap up the series, but they've just hit a point where it's like, oh no, there's more things to oh, to show okay. you. Are they definitely renewed for another season? Oh yeah, they're oh. coming back. Um, and it's, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it right now in ways that I didn't think I would. Can you say what, uh, oh yeah, I guess you said it's just people fighting against giant People fighting against giant naked zombies, but then... And it's super, like, gruesome. Very gruesome, very gory. Like, if you were, if you want something that, like, kind of fills a void that The Walking Dead is left insofar as quality, mm-hmm. you might want to consider checking this out. Okay. Um... And insofar as the animation, it's glorious. Like, it's yeah, just very crisp and clean and detailed. And you can see where the money's going in certain scenes. It's like, whoa, you guys spent a lot of time on this particular three minutes of animation. And it shows, and I'm very happy to watch it. Very cool. So, yeah, that's uh, where I am with that right now. Nice. Um, I finally watched Minority Report. Oh, excellent. Yeah. What you, how do you think? What do you think about it? Um... It was fine. It was what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Colin Farrell looks good. Young Farrell. Mm. <laughs> That's a 2003 Farrell right there. It's prime Farrell. <laughs> it's a perfectly cooked medium rare Farrell. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Um, he's aged pretty well for a guy who's boozed pretty hard. Oh, he was hitting everything pretty Just hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's had like a little renaissance too, like not as big as Matthew McConaughey's, but like a little, little bit of an arc there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did I think of it? It was, yeah, it was good. Uh, do you want to describe what the plot of it is? Because it's interesting. Uh, it. um, so in the near future, um, there is a division of the Washington D.C. police force um, called Pre-Crime that is able to predict murders before they actually happen through the use of three. Uh, Precognitive individuals, uh, basically psychics that are kept comatose that can see crimes when they happen. So they go off of the images that they provide and they, in the nick of time, stop murders right before they happen. Now, there are a lot of questions to be asked as far as like how just is this if they never actually did the crime? Mm-hmm. Um, but the leader of, the, of this division of the police has been accused of a pre crime, of, of a murder that he has yet to commit. And he is trying his best to escape and prove his innocence. Um, thank you very much. Great job. I don't understand how you have such a good memory. I watched that like less than a week ago. <laughs> Couldn't have told you pre-crime. And then you just come out with it. I've never not watched it for like 15 years. Great. Um, there were some twists which were fun. Mm-hmm. You knew there was going to be something coming up in that realm, but it's still fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. Just being his best self. Um, do I have much to say about this movie? Um, I'm very, as we know, I'm a Charmander. I'm very cynical. <laughs> and just looking at this future, which I think it was like 2058 or something mm-hmm. they said. Um, and like the cars are very interesting and their uh, roads and stuff are vertical and the cars can go kind of all over the place. They're not flying, but... It's definitely very futuristic. I was watching like this vertical, these vertical cars driving vertically, and I was just like, 
The U.S. government would never be able to get their infrastructure set no. like that. <laughs> Not at all. And those are the kind of logistics that I get caught up in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a problem. <laughs> what's, what, what, what's the zoning on this? Uh, we can't even get our, fi- our, our bridges and stuff fixed now. Our infrastructure is crumbling. We what, could- <laughs> what? Sweden? Yeah, they'd be doing this. Sure, the Netherlands, etc. Japan? Killing it, I'm sure. We would, we'd be still on the ground. You'd have to get the wallers and the bridges together <laughs> to make this happen, alright? First, how about we focus on cleaning up our oceans, you guys? <laughs> Some of our vertical cars. I just really kind of had a moment while I was watching it. Um, what else? Um, oh, I learned that I'm a goddamn genius. Again. Of course. Um... There's, at one point, so they could track um, where people are in this apartment building with, like, body heat and stuff. Uh-huh. And so Tom Cruise is in a precarious position because he had just had surgery. He has no eyes. He, well, he does. Now oh, he, has right. ex- he has too many eyes. Because he got two eyes in <laughs> a baggie and two eyes in his head. Um, and so he can't do much and he can't see. And I was like, well, how, he's clearly going to get out of this situation. And I was like, well, the only thing you can do is... Fill the bathtub with ice and put ice water in there to cool your down your body temperature. Excellent. And then he fucking does. And I was just like, why am I not in charge of everything? <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> I said, what? What? Doing it? I almost texted you. Because he was like, Jason, I'm a maniac genius. Ugh. Maniac genius king. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get those vertical roads made. But first, the ocean, guys. Um, so yeah, I felt really good about myself with that. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Again, it was very much that had some unique ideas, which were cool. Um, it looked like a movie of that time, but it like the CGI and stuff holds up pretty well because there's not too much of it. It's Um, very background. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was entertained, and I knew there was going to be a twist, and I was like, oh, cool, there it is, here we go. Uh, great. I, things that I think hold up really well in that movie, and I think will inspire technology further on, mm. is like the, uh, when they are going through screens, uh, in the pre-crime, uh, mm-hmm. like, headquarters, as they're, like, with their fingers, Jason, and opening things up. where are the finger screens <laughs> that I've been waiting for, that I've been promised for years now? in the office. I want to be swiping the air, left, right, and center. Boom, boom, boom. Pulling up all sorts of files. So many files, Jason. So many photographs I can just pick up and swipe across. So I want them. So it work. I have a new mouse where, like, you know, it's, a, it's the Apple mouse where you mm-hmm. can, like, kind of, like, just swipe across and, like, yeah. it goes through different screens. Uh-huh. I always feel slightly like I'm in the minority report when I'm doing that. <laughs> on that mouse. Like, just swipe. Yeah, there you go. Pre-crime solved. So much stuff is like that. Even like, um, I I feel like everything set in the future has swipey air swipes. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, <laughs> super random the movie Date Night with Steve Carell and Tina. Oh Carey. yeah. Mark Wahlberg is like a tech tech guy, and he's doing some air swipes or whatever. Very far stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some serious acting going on there from Mark Wahlberg. I better shut up before he beats me up. I guess or gouges my eye out. Who knows. Um, oh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he'll just never apologize to you no. and never admit that he's a racist child. <laughs> um, he blinded a Vietnamese man. 
Anywho, um, yeah, airswipe. I want them. <laughs> I'm waiting for them. Give them to me. Also, they had like little glass looking card things, mm-hmm. and then they were shoving. Ugh, they're shoving them in, and I just loved that technology. And yet they use wooden balls <laughs> to protect. But very well polished. Well polished, per- perfectly polished, and they I. The first ball rolls down, and so there's two different colored ones. They're wooden, and one is the person who is going to be like killed, and another person who will be doing the killing. And I was like, why are they using wood when they're air swiping? Doesn't make any sense. And then they immediately justified it by being like, well, the wood grain is unique, and less. it can't be basically it can't be faked or something. Mm. I was like, fine, Minority Report. (laughs) (laughs) Clear your oceans, all right? Clear them now. (laughs) Your vertical worlds are bullshit. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was interesting, and I had always gotten to the same part in this movie like three times where Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise is watching, like the first time he watches the video of his son. Um, So I'm glad I finally got past that part. Um, But yeah, it's, again, a movie of the time, and I feel like it has been made kind of a lot, but it was good. Like, um, this movie was the conclusion of what they call Steven Spielberg's Running Man trilogy. Oh. Uh, yeah, f- I was surprised it was Spielberg. Yeah. Um, like, the first movie in that trilogy being AI, which Stanley Kubrick started to direct, but died midway through the production of, oh. and Steven Spielberg completed. Interesting. Uh, Wait, who's in that? Haley Joel and Jude Law. Mm. And Maria Bella? I forget who played. Diane Lane, I think, plays his mom? Oh. Um, it's, I really like that movie, I don't know. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't, I really enjoyed it. Um, but then the second movie after that was Catch Me If You Can, which involves another oh, man yeah. trying to escape. Yep, and the third one being Minority Report, which Tom Cruise, he's gotta run. Of course he runs. <laughs> it's in his contract, I yeah. feel. Um, but no, I greatly enjoyed that movie. I think it's good, just pure just sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi action. Yeah. That was at the start of the Philip K. Dick novels being turned into, like, movies. Oh. Like, the second wave of that, I feel. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was fun. Good stuff. Good. Um, what is it? I also watched... Oh, let me tell you about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> Fill me in. So, Jojo's Journey is about to come to an end. Mm. Um, things have been pretty wild on their journey uh, throughout Italy. Yes. Uh, and where all things end in Italy, where else but Rome, the Colosseum. Beautiful. Uh, Let's destroy some historical places. <laughs> <laughs> so Giorno and his friends are right there about to get the boss, and mm. he has sent two of his top assassins after them. Who the boss has? The boss has. Okay. Uh, one man whose ability is to travel through the ground as if it were water. Ooh, cool. And another man who's able to cause anything that is lower than him to get a flesh-eating mold attached to it. It's a very unusual power. Very specific. But the guy that's even more dangerous, the flesh-eating man, easily taken out. Oh. They're having a big trouble with the uh, the swimming man, the okay. man who puts it through, through ground. You said that they all have music-related pun names. Um, a lot of them do. Um, oh, but not all of them. Not all of them. Well, all their abilities do. So okay. one has an ability called Aerosmith. Another one has the ability called Sticky Fingers. So what's this one? Um, oh, my goodness. Um... I do not know the names of their ability off the top of my head. Uh, however, one thing that is very fun about the series is that you know they'll throw in old characters from like previous seasons, and mm-hmm. each story takes place like ten, sometimes twenty years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back a character, and I was like, "What? He's here!" 
how? This is so much. Oh, this is going to be fun. So they brought back a character um, who you hadn't seen for, at this point, uh, two seasons. Mm -hmm. And he's back, and he's much older, and he doesn't have as many limbs anymore. Uh Um, But secretly, like, this character's been, like, guiding them through, like, very difficult spots. And, like, you know, they've been going on faith and just, like... Who's getting us out of all these difficult situations? Mm-hmm. And then when he finally reveals himself, it's like, my guy, you are back, and you're looking great as an old dude. Is it too convenient that he's been getting them out of these no. situations, or it makes sense? It for makes character? sense for that character. Okay. Um, you just don't see it being that character in yeah. particular until you finally reveal him. It's like, man, I'm so happy you're doing okay. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, that's where I am with it right now. Nice. It's uh, definitely hitting the climax. Okay. Um, but it's been a good, not my favorite season so far, but a very good season. Cool. Uh, you've been telling me about this show for a while now, <laughs> and I make you update me like once every two months. <laughs> and I, I think the first time you told me about it was we probably you talk, sat and talked about it for like an hour. And I was in raps, like, yes. I will never watch the show, but I have seen it all through your eyes, and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Loved it. Can't wait to hear about the conclusion. Oh, it's coming real soon. But what else have you seen? Um, what else? Oh, I watched a couple episodes, two episodes of, um, the Twilight, the new Twilight Zone oh, series. Oh, how was that? And who was the new things that you watched? So I just did a free trial of the CBS All Access thing because mm-hmm. I just want to see how it was because the production quality was really good. Um, and I didn't really like them. Interesting. Um. I think because they're just modern retellings of kind of themes and stories that you've heard before. Are they redoing old Twilight Zones or not? I honestly don't know because I've only seen like one Twilight Zone. Okay. Um, I like the idea of them, but I'm a big scaredy cat and so I'm afraid because <laughs> there's one where there's like a monkey on a outside a plane and I can't do that I don't like monkeys oh okay so that was just a hard pass <laughs> for me even though it is an old show um so the first I watched the first episode which is with Kumail Nanjiani okay um he plays a aspiring comedian who does not do very well um and then Tracy Morgan pops up and he actually acts for a minute. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And at one point, it starts off good. He trails off a little bit in the end, but at one point, he has a thousand-yard stare that I was like, ooh, that's convincing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tracy. <laughs> it's just nice to see him not being Tracy Jordan. Right, a parody of himself, yeah. basically. Um, not, like, smacking his belly and just being himself. Get everybody pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was actually really nice to see him act, and I think because I'm used to seeing him that way, seeing him play, like, a depressed, kind of lonely guy mm-hmm. was disturbing. Okay. Um. Because he's usually, like, the life of the party in every scene that he's in. Yes, it's the opposite. Huh. Um, he's sitting at a bar, and so Kumail Nagiani's character, um, he has a girlfriend and stuff, and he basically is able to... I don't want to spoil anything for you. No, you're not good. You don't um, want to. Uh, his first thing is... He, he says he'll do anything to, like... He would... He would, like, sell his dog to have... 
the career that he wants. Okay. And so then, as he continues his comedy, um, when he talks about someone, they disappear. Ooh. So he'll talk about his dog, and then he goes home, and his girlfriend's like, what dog? What are you talking about? Ooh. And so you see what's going to be happening. Um, and then the second episode was... And so it's kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard stories similar to that, mm-hmm. where just people's decisions and the consequences are very... Kind of, like fables, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, the second one is with Adam Driver. Oh. No, not Adam Driver. Sorry. Adam... Um, Adam oh, Scott? Thank you. <laughs> just, I was like, Adam Pally's a lot of Adams these days. Um, so Adam Scott is on a plane... And he um, finds this like MP3 player, and there's a podcast with someone narrating um, about the flight that he is on. Mm-hmm. And so it was a more interesting idea, and it'll start. How do I describe this? It'll suggest something. It'll just kind of suggest something about a person on the plane, and then his reactions to it. And how they affect things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say anything about that's one yet. So interesting, though. I think you might like it. I was just not super. The production quality is great. Um, I liked everybody who was in them. It just wasn't doing it for me for whatever reason. I think I wanted them to be more creepy. Okay. Instead of. I know there, there's always some kind of like moralistic type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I want to be creeped out. You just want straight <laughs> up creepiness. Kind of, yeah. So it wasn't quite... I didn't quite know what to expect, but I knew what I wanted. It wasn't quite that. It wasn't that it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would like it. I can give you my like into that. <laughs> I don't think... I have it for many more days, but maybe just through the weekend mm-hmm. if you wanted to check it out. Because there is also one with, there's someone else, oh, there's one with, um, I think, John Cho, and there's one with Stephen Young, and I would really like to see those, just because I like those guys so much. Um, they're two separate episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might still check them out, because they were, they were okay. Like, I gotta say, like, from your description of, like, you know, um, the episodes that you saw mm-hmm. and the people that are in them, it seems like they're trying to, to give people that normally do, are not in these kinds of roles, Absolutely. like, you know, or in this kind of genre, mm-hmm. to, like, get a chance to, like, explore that. Yes. Like, having comedians, you know, play these somewhat dramatic roles, mm-hmm. but in, like, these moralistic tales of suspense, like, yeah. sounds pretty interesting, yeah. like, um, and also, like character actors or actors that just like love seeing and things like I love seeing John Cho and things like love seeing Stephen Yeun and things yes. but like you don't see them often enough no, for me at least um, so it's kind of cool that they get a space to play like this mm-hmm. in something that I'm sure that anyone that was tapped to be like a guest star or like or, you know star one of these episodes it's like they're doing Twilight Zone yes absolutely it feels like someone jumping at a chance and of course like Jordan Peele being you know behind the helm on this as like an exact producer yeah sounds you know something that's more his alley these days of mm-hmm. like you know doing things that are not horror-oriented, but, like, thriller-oriented, I guess. Yeah, it's just what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a great job. I also, again, and this is it, the same as the original show, like, it breaks the fourth wall and has the narrator come mm-hmm. in at the beginning and at the end. And I didn't like that either. Okay. Um, not because of anything with Jordan Peele, but it just... 
it's a hallmark of the series you don't really care for. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's, I, it's, 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 it's breaking the fourth wall, like, it's really hard to do right from, mm-hmm. in terms of what I like. And so seeing that, it's just like, no, I, I don't want to be taken out of it. I want, this is a bizarre story that I have trouble, it takes me out of that when I have someone talking to me about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It seems like you'd like The Outer Limits more, which was like a contemporary to The Twilight Zone at the oh, time that came out. Okay. And it was less about, you know, moralistic tales, more about like, and it's fucked up. Outer Limits, bye. in fucked up in terms of like weird or fucked up in terms of like, um... A little bit of both. Sometimes, like, isn't this weird? Like, or sometimes, like, no one won in this situation. Everyone lost. Oh. Humanity is doomed. Oh. Goodbye. Our limits out. Okay. <laughs> um, that sounds almost Black Mirror It is, I think, a bit more inspirational to Black Mirror than Twilight Zone is. Which is also in some ways. a show I've kind of avoided. Mm-hmm. I, again, I've not seen as much of it as people think I have. Yes, I've only seen one episode, mm-hmm. and I think. Maybe also, too, the fact that they end on a downer um, might also be part of it, I think, because I am naturally just a negative blob, <laughs> that um, I don't want to watch those things. I'm drawn to more kind of positive or at least funny things, mm-hmm. and so I know it's going to be a like, situation that might test like the morals of a person, and it's probably not going to end up being great for them in the end, and we see enough of that on television and stuff that I don't want more of that. Mm, that's, that's fair. And I don't need a moral tale because I'm an adult. <laughs> um, so, not for me, but I think if you like the old ones, you probably like new ones and they look great. Mm-hmm. And the actors are really... It's fun to see them, as you said, like in a different setting altogether. Okay. Um, mm. Something totally different from that that I watched. Um, I watched Record Ralph 2. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing now there's a real theme to what I watched. It's just all, so much of it's just a bummer. <laughs> and the theme of everything I watched, like, this is for children. Yes. <laughs> I'll absolutely watch this. I am big child, sure. Um, so I'm assuming you really liked Record Ralph 1. I really enjoyed Record Ralph 1. Um, Record Ralph 2 is just okay. Mm. Um, there's a segment that is featured very heavily in all the trailers for this, where, like, you know, they go to, essentially, the Disney internet website, uh, and, like, all the Disney properties are there, like, Star Wars, Marvel, Mm -hmm. um, Disney Princesses, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Winnie the Pooh, like, and you, it, the trailer is made in such a way that you think, like, well, this is what a movie this is gonna be, like, they're able to kind of, like, play around in all these different worlds with all these different characters, Mm -hmm. but really, it's, like, ten minutes of screen time. And, like, in, in a movie that's, like, you know, an hour and 20 minutes or something like that, it just was like, oh, well, I feel a little duped. Like, I just thought that would be a big portion of the film, and yeah, it's not so, really. Because it's a Disney movie, right? It is a Disney so movie. So there's no reason not to, like, legally, if they own everything, nah. presumably. Yeah, but they, they it's a movie about the, the internet, kind of. So, like, that's just one portion of it that they go to. Like, they do things like, you know, jokes about eBay and YouTube and all this stuff. Um, some very good voices that they got in it. Um, John C. Riley, of course, Sarah Silverman, the two mains. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? I can't remember Wonder Woman's name. Gal Gadot? Yes, Gal Gadot. <laughs> um, yes. Plays uh, a character as well, and she's a lot of fun. I feel they modeled her character off of her. 
Um, they, so she's just a perfect human being. Just a very pretty human being. Um, who else? Tiffany Haddish is in there as a character. Awesome. She's in everything. She's real hot right now. Yeah. Um, your husband, uh, Jason Manzoukas, makes, makes a cameo as himself. Um, he has like every version of like a, a person on the internet has like represented by this like avatar that kind of looks like them. So he, he has curly hair and like a curly beard and he's asking Groot um, from Guardians of the Galaxy a question like, so in this issue of the comic, he's asking a very detailed comic book nerd question. Amazing. And he's like rushed out of the way by like the other characters. Oh, I um, love it. And it's very funny. Like they're very, very simple questioning Groot. And he's just responding, I'm Groot. <laughs> like, oh, thank you very much. And he just like walks away. Um, it's, it's, it has very enjoyable parts. The parts that they showed you in the trailer where like, you know, um, Sarah Silverman's characters interacting like with all the Disney princesses mm-hmm. is really fun actually. It's very self-referential and very much making fun of itself. Oh yeah, I remember that in the trailer. Cool. And they have so many great jokes and lines in that scene. Um, if that could have been a movie within itself um, that I would really love to see. But um, <laughs> it's... So Jason, what'd you watch this weekend? Uh, the Disney Princess movie. <laughs> Didn't you see it, nerd? It was Jeez. great. So good. Damn. Just see you in a theater, <laughs> surrounded by eight-year-old girls. Yeah! <laughs> we gotta see the movie! You're also wearing a princess dress. <laughs> like, you want to Your face is all made up. Truth to come true! <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way, Jennifer. <laughs> God, I was hot in the wine. Anyway... <laughs> Like, no, like, it was, um, that, that segment of the movie was really fun, um, and, yeah, like, it, and weirdly enough, Bill Hader's there as a voice as well. Great, but love it. goes uncredited for some reason. What? I don't know why he didn't want to, like, or why they chose not to have him credited, I don't know, but he plays, like, a, a grifter, um, a, a, <laughs> a character that's willing to sell viruses, um, to the main characters, like, implant and other things. Amazing. <laughs> um, so, it's, it's fun, but, like, I just didn't enjoy it as much as Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Yeah. What was it? Was there anything that you could put your finger on in terms of what's missing or what you would have liked to have seen? Um, you know, these are the, the main thing about Record Ralph One was that it's a video game characters in a video game world, very much, you know, talking about games and right. that particular medium, and then it branches out to like the internet mm-hmm. at large. And I don't know, it just wasn't as interesting to me personally. Um, still very fun, but not as interesting to me. Yeah, but, Maybe I'll check it out. Uh, it's on. It's on. I was gonna say on YouTube. It's on uh, Netflix right now. Oh, okay. um, readily available. Nice, just yeah. for guys support my husband. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much it. Aside from the assignments. Okay. So uh, if you have anything else, go for it. Uh, no, I have. I have nothing else. Oh, perfect. All mm-hmm. right. Um, what, what would you like to talk about first? Um, you. Go right ahead and tell me how you felt. So we didn't say it last time on the yes. show, but uh, over phone, uh, I asked uh, Jackie to watch Highlander, and she asked me to watch San Andreas. Jackie, tell me how you felt about the 1986 seminal classic Highlander. I'm just right. My eyes are closed. I'm ready to vast and how much you enjoyed it. They should be closed because I'm going to go full Charmander on you. <laughs> I just want to bake you right here, you motherfucker. Oh, Dracarys, feel so warm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My hate is so high. <sighs> so, <laughs> so Highlander. I 
heard so much about it, the famous line, there can only be one, mm-hmm. which I've absolutely quoted myself. <laughs> and I probably was really entertained by it. Um, I watch everything with, um, like, captions because sometimes people just talk fast or they have accents and I just want to... Or sometimes there are weird names and things so I want to be able to see. Um, and so I had the captions on for this. <laughs> and for so many parts of it, when there's no um, there's no dialogue, but people will be fighting or something, mm-hmm. it just says noise music. <laughs> what the fuck is noise music? The best kind, alright? Swords. Is it noise or is it music? <laughs> it's a little bit of both, alright? It, it describes both everything and nothing. Sorry, grandma, alright? This punk's too real for you. What is this, this rap? <laughs> Your rap music. So... It just had the most lame fighting I've ever seen. <laughs> it does? Okay, alright. <laughs> and they're fighting at one point in a parking garage, a very large parking garage, during their fight, which lasts a solid like 10 minutes. Zero people come into this parking garage at like a stadium. It was a really good wrestling match. You were watching it. That's right. It was a wrestling match. And as soon as it opens with a wrestling match, I was like, oh, fucking, of course Jason likes this fucking movie. God damn him. Also, blasting Queen score over it at the start. I didn't notice. <laughs> you, that's right. You don't really notice the music. In- it's the noise music. <laughs> um, at one point, um, so it flips between... Uh, modern, well, modern day at the time and the past and he is fighting in like the medieval times at one point, but nobody will fight him mm-hmm. and so she goes, fart me fart me, and so then he just gets annoyed and goes, ugh and he just shoves the guy in the back <laughs> like a bitch, because <laughs> he's just mad that no one will fight him this <laughs> is like, who are you? what? ugh <laughs> I thought I would like the medieval stuff more, mm-hmm. but it wasn't great. <laughs> also, and I don't mean to be mean, um, I think if I had found the main character attractive, <laughs> I would have been much more into it. Like, if it was Jerry B, I would have been like, yes! <laughs> you, he would be a pretty good Highlander in a Highlander Yeah, remake. Jason, I yeah, know. Get some As people we established on the line, earlier, Jerry. I'm a genius. <laughs> Ice bath and Jerry B. You're a genius and a hero. All right, you got big plans for the oceans in the future. <laughs> Cleaning them up. <laughs> I'm coming for you, dolphins. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think the entire budget went to Sean Connery's costume. Yeah, they were amazing costumes. So much velvet. Oh, the velvet. Like, beautiful. Did you see the peacock feathers in his hat? Amazing. So I only made it through, like, maybe an hour of this movie. Okay. <laughs> I just, I couldn't do it. There were other things to watch. Understandable. <laughs> like other mediocre films like Equilibrium. <laughs> just modern media. Um, and I love, too, that at some point, like, he's training um, Connor McLeod or whatever his name is. And, sh- like, they're on the side of, like, mountains mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's blatantly their stunt doubles. And they don't even try to hide it. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so it was just... It's hard to watch something like that now. 
It just okay. is. The quality of what we have now is so astounding. I think a lot of it doesn't hold up. I think you're yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> I'm sure if I had watched it... When did it come out? 1986. Okay. Well, before I was born. But <laughs> I'm sure if I had seen it in like 1995, mm-hmm. I would have been into it. I understand. Yeah. But That's about when I saw it. Yeah. Watching it now is a little rough. I totally understand. Between... Like the fight scenes that we have now. It's very slow paced and very so clunky. Slow and so clunky. Sparks. Uh, granted, probably more realistic than so what an actual fight would look probably, like. Probably, I guess. Um, but. It doesn't dazzle the eye at it's all. It's not dazzling in any way. Um, but apparently. Was it you who told... Oh, no, you told me that the only reason they made a second one is so Sean Connery yeah. can hang out with Connery. Absolutely. With, like, main guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the first one made money, and they were like, we really like hanging out with each other. We don't get... Our schedules are crazy. So they made a second one kind of just so they can hang out. Oh, and the second one's terrible. You think this is bad? Woo. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if the concept of, like... There just happens to be a group of immortal people. No one knows that they're immortal until they die and then don't die. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you added space aliens to that <gasps> and far future bullshit and it gets even crazier. Oh yeah, that's bananas. Like, I, I probably wishes he finished the movie. I understand entirely why he didn't. Like, yeah. there's some cool scenes in there. There's, if I could just kind of fast forward through it, I probably would. I, yes. I feel, figured I could just have you tell me, <laughs> and then I could just picture it, because I know who the characters mm-hmm. are, at least at this point. Oh, that's a, if you can do that. So, oh, yep, that's what you're going to do. Um, I'll just say some fun scenes that I wish you did see. Um, there's a fun scene where they, uh, Connor meets up with another immortal who's a friend of his, and they talk about, like, Remember that one time we got drunk in the 1700s and like had a duel and none of us would die? <laughs> and they cut back to it and show them like shooting each other like, didn't do it, sorry. <laughs> and like he's fighting like, a mortal man. The mortal man's like, you slept with my wife and keep shooting him like, didn't get me, dude. It's like, that's a pretty fun part. Um, when the villain shows back up in like the 1980s and like he's like 1980s out, like mm. he's got like a mohawk and like, you know, spikes on like a leather jacket and stuff mm. like that. And, like, they have a great scene in a church where they're just like, you lame asshole, I'm totally kill you. Can't kill me here, dude. Sacred ground. Oh, um, they have an amazing, not amazing, I'll take that back. <laughs> they have a very fun, climactic fight on the top of the Silver Cup Studios in Astoria. Oh, no way. Um, and, like, that's cool. They, like, destroy that Silver Cup sign all no over the place. Um, so that's, like, a really cool looking thing. I just, those are all the three things I just wish you got to, but you didn't. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're not missing much. It was. Just thank you for taking my shitty challenge to watch oh, that movie. Oh boy, Jason. Because I was excited at first. I was like, oh yeah, it's a movie that you hear so much about and mm-hmm. it's quoted and stuff. And so I was excited to finally have some context. Mm-hmm. And then it started. And I realized how wrong I had. <laughs> it's not aged that well. No. I, uh, as someone that really enjoys it, I can say very fairly, it has not aged very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, so that was Highlander mm-hmm. for me. Um, also, because like he starts off because he's sweaty, he kind of has bangs, and then they go back to the medieval times, and his hair is long and swept back, and he looks better with the bangs. So start off looking better, and then to go backwards, I was like, come on. Like his his outfit in the eighties is very much an out. It's like a trench coat and like a white button down shirt and like very much light dad jeans. At Keds, I guess he's wearing. <laughs> he's never cool. He's had like a weird always five o'clock shadow going on. He's just not. He looks kind of bad. 
<laughs> he doesn't look like a hero. No, like he a doesn't. mortal hero. No. And then he goes back and becomes a dirtier, not looking <laughs> immortal hero. And you're just like, come on. <laughs> He's got what Ky- Tyra Banks would call a five finger forehead. <laughs> There's a lot there. He, he looks better with the bags. I want to have his bad song about Christopher Lambert. I'm sorry. What's his name? Christopher Lambert. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> It's fine. You're doing your best, and I appreciate it. It's just working for me. Our one listener from France is gone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if they remade it with Jerry B, I would so be down for Sign it. Sign me up It'd for that. That'd actually be really cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I would watch it. And produce it. He's played an immortal before. He was Dracula in Dracula 2000. I'm sure he could pull this off too. I don't think I saw that. It's got a really cool twist, and I'll tell you about it later. Well, don't tell me because maybe I'll watch it. Well, I won't tell you. It's worth your time. Dracula 2000, everybody. You should probably check it out. Cool. Um, but you had me watch something as well. Uh, a movie that I did not want to watch when it came out. Um, San Andreas. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. Had I known that, I wouldn't have assigned it. <laughs> like, I was watching it over the weekend, I was just enjoying it so much. Because <laughs> I love... Don't get me wrong, I realize the quality in terms of writing and stuff is... Oh, it ain't there. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know, Jason. You have no room to talk, you maybe watch no, Highlander. Mm-mm. No, I don't. But I... A genre that I always enjoy is, um environmental disasters and you know i don't care for i didn't know that <laughs> i i am not a fan of the day after tomorrow the 2012s oh, but I, didn't know that. <laughs> that is... I thought it was just those movies i didn't know you didn't like as a genre man versus nature is not my favorite genre oh jason i'm sorry it's fine i'm so sorry no, it's giant tidal wave. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. It's weird. Like, I can get behind something like an Armageddon or Deep Impact where this is like an... It's almost an extraterrestrial threat. Like, this is yeah. from outside of, you know, Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's something like, you know, um, a big hurricane or... I'm just like, alright, cool. Gonna spin some cows in this. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> like Twister? Oh, I loved Twister. Twister's pretty fine, but like, I'm, I'm never like jazzed about environmental disaster movies. I'm so jazzed <laughs> I can appreciate them. I was like, oh, yeah, this, is, this is fine. But I'm never like, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I watched oh, no. San Andreas. And again, I support the works of Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, emotionally, but not always financially. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. They're kind of all over the place with him. Um, but I watched this, and one thing that threw me off very early in this movie was uh, so Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays uh, a helicopter pilot, uh, saves people um, in the San Andreas area between uh, Los Angeles and Nevada. I don't know why they called it from to Nevada. They're the Los Angeles Fire Department. I have no freaking clue. That was weird. But anyway. You have to suspend your disbelief times a thousand in this <laughs> film. But one thing that threw me off, but I was also very interested in, was the fact that, like, I don't know, it was a, a, a broken home, and I just wanted to see the movie of The Rock trying to figure things out as a divorced father. <laughs> that's what I really I was I was into that I was like well what's gonna be now man like your daughter and your wife are living with this super you're living with Mr. Fantastic mm-hmm. in his house Sion Gruffin um who did play Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four films 
So you really, you would rather watch that movie where... I want to see the human disaster. It's <laughs> what I'm in for, alright? The movie where he, like, finds out that he has a daughter and he has to take care of his daughter. And he's a professional football player. <sighs> no. Uh, yeah. That was actually more of a kid's movie. That's more of a kid's movie. But, like, I just want to see him struggle with something he can't punch. Mm. Which I guess he can't punch an earthquake. But at the same time... <laughs> Something a bit more emotionally taxing on him. Okay. Um, but that being said, so The Rock plus Carl Gugino makes Alexis Alexis uh, Alexis Daddario. She's not his. That's she's adopted, right? Oh yeah, she's the whitest. She's got the bluest eyes. The bluest. She is not a quarter Samoan and black. To be fair, though, some people who um, have like who are mixed sometimes like if you have a like a white mom and a black dad or something. Mm-hmm. Some one kid will turn out white. Dominant jeans. Yeah, man. So yeah, entirely possible, I guess. But, but it just... like, also no. <laughs> it does not work at all. So it, it... try as they might. <laughs> she's beautiful though. Oh, her she's eyes gorgeous. are just striking. The bluest eyes. It's nuts. By Tony Morris. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so much cheese happening in this movie. Like, the dialogue is very, very cheesy, but that's fine, you know, that's a, it's, that's a disaster movie. I'm here for, like, the most amazing the writing. The budget is not going into the writing, it's no, all going to the special all effects. All CG. And you did not finish this movie. I did not, I got, like, an hour in, I have another yeah. hour left, but I have to say, I'm super mad when the first, like, person to die was the, uh, the Asian scientist, uh, the Korean guy. Oh, I know. Um, and he says before he dies, so, like, the little girl he saves, don't look. Oh, I'm looking! I've never seen a man crushed by a thousand rocks. <laughs> <laughs> One and two, the Hoover Dam is being destroyed. I want to be a visual record of what happened here today. All right, sorry, man, you're going in the memory banks. Like... He's just trying to be nice, <laughs> save her from years and years of therapy if she even makes it out. I, you know what? Even when she closed her eyes for a second, she woke when she opened them back up. The Hoover Dam was gone. It's going to stick with you. She was not enjoying that field trip, anyways, <laughs> or that vacation. Um. I love, I, I will say of a disaster film, I do enjoy, like, scientific uh, over-explanation or oh, it's exposition. Funny. it's great. Well, like, Paul Giamatti Paul is... G. I wanted to be more of a surly scientist, but he was, like, just a regular scientist. <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't bring that Giamatti Searle that he does. Wait, what's the wine movie? <laughs> I went sideways. You wanted sideways, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I want American Splendor, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I want him angry from start to finish. <laughs> okay. Um, I did not appreciate the British boy and his little brother. Why are these characters here? Aww. Like, why is this hobbit and his hobbit brother knocking around San Francisco? You know that's Rickon from Game of Thrones. He, I w- was so surprised because <coughs> he does not look <coughs> like Rickon. The, the younger brother? Yeah. Man, I haven't seen. I saw Rickon for like two seconds. Game of Thrones. Yeah, the last not time he saw him, he was like five. Yeah, and then the next time he saw him again, he was like fifteen, and then gone. Sadly, I don't remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's running the arrow. Took an arrow to the back. Oh, Rickon. Um, but yeah, and the the effects are pretty amazing. I would say, like you know, you didn't get to the tidal wave. I did not get to the tidal wave, but I did get Jason. to the to the quakening of LA. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because it's like. What are LA landmarks? And they show the Hollywood sign falling, and then like all of downtown like jumbling and bumbling. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely, 
adorable way to describe just destruction. I'm writing children's book called My First Earthquake. And <laughs> when the jumble mumble goes rumble rumble, <laughs> that's what you need to get in the door frame. <laughs> I'm in the bathtub. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it so far as where I am in the movie, it seems relatively, you know, predictable as far as where things are going to go. I was thrown off, though. I thought The Rock was going to be in a helicopter the whole time. His helicopter went down. Like, oh, what's happening next? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he gets in a boat. But you know what? First he gets a pickup truck. Then he ends up in a boat. Does he drive the pickup truck onto the boat? Like, jump it? No. God damn it. He <laughs> kindly leaves it with some older people. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh, because he gets. Oh, Jason, you miss all the best stuff. Can I just tell you? <laughs> sure. So he gets the he. They crash the helicopter. He gets the truck. Some old people stop him, and they have a pickup. Uh, he takes them with the pickup truck because they go to an airfield because he can also fly planes. Of course he can. Well, he's a pilot. He was in the navy or the marines. I feel like planes and helicopters are different. Very They're different. very different. <laughs> We're, again, suspending disbelief. Here we go. So, they get in the plane. The plane starts going wonky. What do they do, Jason? They tandem parachute out of there. Of course. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I, I think, like, why I have a difficulty with, like, uh, disaster movies How is... could you possibly have any difficulty with that story I just told you? <laughs> it had all the things I want. Yes. The Rock with Carl and Gino, a beautiful couple jumping out of a plane, <laughs> held together by hopes, dreams, and parachutes. And love. It's all I wanted, of course. <laughs> um, but I think that, like, my main gripe with, like, the disaster films, like, is just that there's... It's... It's almost unjust. There's no bad things are happening to people, and there's no justice. You can't fight a tidal wave. You can't, and there's nothing that you did to cause it. Really, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Like it's the cruelness of life, and there's no villain to defeat. There's no problem to overcome other than just surviving. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, well, damn it. There's not much satisfaction for me that I get out of that sometimes. See, I like it because then guess what? <laughs> no more rules. <laughs> Which is why I'm just out here doing my own goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters. Here we go. Classic Charmander response: Burn it down. Get me a boat. <laughs> then they hop in a boat, and there's a giant tidal wave, and they have to get over the tidal wave. Is what kind of boat is it? Um. So it's not. Bigger than a speedboat? It's speedboaty, but not in a sporty way. It's kind of got like, um, um, I can't describe it. It feels like a boat that shouldn't be able to do this. It would 100% not be able to. Okay. <laughs> there are other boats that they show that are flipping over. Mm-hmm. There's no reason, this is a very light boat. There's no reason why it should also be, like, it should also just be flying off. Mm-hmm. But it's the rock, so he gets over it. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, um, yeah. Again, it's, oh, buddy. it's not bad for what it is at all. But I just you know what it is going into. It. Yeah, absolutely, like you have no. It's a rock disaster. Right? <laughs> He's done a few of them, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's not bad at all for what it is. It's perfectly fine. Mm. I'm just not a huge fan of that series of uh, of films. That's Good all. To <laughs> you know. I love them. <laughs> I love them so much, and I don't think there's. Uh, 
I don't know that there's... I've not heard of a disaster movie coming up. I'm lost. I'm sure there's something on the horizon. I'm sure that wave's going to crash real soon. Ooh, I hope so. (laughs) Ooh, I hope so. Um, Okay, so we're... Was that it? Um, yeah, well, for me... It's hard to leave on such a high with San Andreas. (laughs) Sorry. Um, for me, you had me watching Fleabag, yes. um, which I'll look forward to. Um, for you, uh, well, I'll be giving you uh, my DC Universe login. Oh, yes. Um, I will give you a choice. Mm. Um, so there are two things. Um, one, you can either watch the first episode of Doom Patrol, or mm-hmm. um, on YouTube, it's available on YouTube, um, you can watch the Vice series, um... Dark Side of the Ring. It combines one thing that each of us likes. Uh-oh. You, true crime, and me, wrestling. <laughs> and blends them together in like a docu-series. So it's like 45 minutes long. Um, and it is about the death of wrestler Bruiser Brody. Um, I just wrote Dark Side of the Wrong. Not the <laughs> oh my god, what is wrong with me? <laughs> this series got slammed. <laughs> um... I also now have the spelling abilities of a Charmander. <laughs> it's not great. My career is ruined. Um, I think I will go with Doom Patrol mm-hmm. because for true crime stuff, I have when it's people like um, was it Robert? Oh, Durst. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like the, when, the fix. Yeah. Uh, no, the jinx. The jinx, excuse me. When it's people... <laughs> I don't want to see good, normal people mm-hmm. get hurt or murdered. Um, or, like, I couldn't watch... Um, oh, what was the, mo- the show that came out right after the jinx about they didn't know if the guy had done it or not? Oh, Making a Murder? Yes. Okay. I could not watch that show. It made me so heartbroken for whether or not he, you know he did this the second murder like the fact that he was in prison wrongly for such a long time so mm-hmm. it's it's too real because it is real um and it just breaks my heart and so i i felt bad watching it mm-hmm. um and so it i can hear about them on podcasts for some reason i think it's just that one step removed i'm not seeing anything i'm just hearing a story right just a narrative of what yes. happened okay um for some reason watching it i don't watch a ton of true crime stuff i pretty much only listen to it okay i can watch fictional crime stuff um but i don't know why mentally emotionally just i have trouble i just don't like seeing people hurt in okay. their life. Hearing about it's fine. <laughs> Reading about it is okay, but watching it, I, it crosses a line, Jason. Hands over eyes. <laughs> um, so, instead I will watch Doom Patrol because I got really excited when I heard about that um, coming out. Okay. Um, especially to see the uh, uh, rebound of Brendan Fraser. Because, yeah. Yeah, guy. Who doesn't love Brendan Fraser? He seemed great. and then The Encina Man himself. <laughs> Never saw it. <laughs> um, Leslie Mann was on, um, oh God, 
Busy Phillips's show. Oh, Busy Tonight? Yes. Okay. And they, she brought on, as a surprise, she brought on Brendan Fraser. Nice. And Leslie Mann was so thrilled. <laughs> they worked on that movie together where I think the one where he oh George of the Jungle oh yeah oh man that was and a fun so, one and so and like he looked amazing of mm-hmm. course during that movie and he, like he was significantly younger and mm-hmm. super buff and so she but she was married to Judd still at that time mm-hmm. and so she would go home and be like Judd I'm in love with him <laughs> <laughs> and Judd would just be like I know <laughs> <laughs> He's saying Brendan Fraser was like, you know, one time we were filming something and then I just saw this guy kind of like behind some bushes just like looking at me. <laughs> and like he clearly was not happy. And then he realized later it was it was John staring at him from behind some shrubs. <laughs> this buff came in to take my girl. He's just, not in this town. He was so beautiful in that movie. Like, oh poor John. <laughs> Oh, made me laugh. <laughs> um, okay, cool. I am excited to see him in Doom Patrol. Yeah. Nice. You've got our things. Um, oh, we got our things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for uh, listening for another episode. Thank you so much. Um, you know where to find us on Instagram. Again, shout out to Megan for handling that stuff for us. Yay, thank you. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next time with more things that we watch and we can tell you about them. Can't wait. All right, y'all. Later, and we'll see you.